0: Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days in New York University. My name is Becca, and I am tonight's co host, a senior from Eustis, Florida, studying social and cultural analysis, and I'm currently an RA
1: in Lafayette. And I'm Tom Ellett. I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President for Student Affairs, and I am the other co host. <laughs> Becca, welcome to the hot seat. Thank you. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. It has been a remarkable year for you.
0: I guess you could say that. <laughs> I would definitely say it.
1: First of all, congratulations on the Mitchell Scholarship. A really big honor for an NYU student to have it.
0: Thank you. First one in history, apparently, or so I hear.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me what that means for you in your immediate future upon graduation in May.
0: So, it means in September I leave for the National University of Ireland in Galway to get my master's in gender and globalization, which I hope will inform my studies in immigration law and how gender impacts that. And it also means it's fully funded. Wow. So, very excited about that.
1: What was the process like for you going through the interviews and so forth?
0: Oh, for someone like me who's a bit introverted, it was really nerve-wracking. I had to apply as a junior, so very early, and NYU taught me through the whole thing. I had to go through mock interviews. They actually coached me on what I had to wear in my specific interview, and then I was a finalist, so that meant I went to D.C., and I had to be at the Irish Embassy, which is very intimidating for someone like me and I interviewed with a panel of 15 people. Wow. And I only had 10 minutes to make my case why I would be a great Mitchell scholar. And when I won, I was actually in a very busy train station in DC. And I got the call and they said, oh my gosh, you won, you're a Mitchell scholar. And I said, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they I don't think they knew how to react to that. I think it was the first time someone was kind of like, are you sure? Is this the right person? <laughs>
1: wow. So Ireland, uh, uh, history, interests,
0: yeah, so there's a lot going on with women's rights right now in mm. the Republic of Ireland and also Northern Ireland. I don't know if you know, but abortion was only very recently legalized uh, in Northern Ireland and yeah. the year before that in the Republic of Ireland. So there's a lot of very interesting conversations going on between the intersection of politics, law, and how we can protect genders' rights in Ireland.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. And then you'll come back to the States?
0: Yes, and hopefully attend law school. That's the plan. I um, Before I won the Mitchell Scholarship, I actually took the LSAT and had okay. already applied to law schools. Okay. Um, but. Now Now that I've won the Mitchell Scholarship, I will reapply next year. I would
1: think you might put that in your application. Yeah, I think
0: I might choose that (laughs)
1: first. Good job. Lafayette, been a good experience?
0: Yeah, I love being a part of a big team. Um, There's 32 RAs and one RCA. And there's so many students that there's always something going on. You know you're going to have event turnout, which I think something that's so heartbreaking being an RA is planning an event and then no one shows up. At Lafayette, that's very rarely a problem. I would say it has never happened to me, ever, Uh, yeah.
1: Great, and the team experience overall?
0: Perfect, the one thing I'm a little sad about is I was a junior RA at NYU London and Mm -hmm. I'm a senior at Lafayette and I'm a little sad that I can't be a two-year RA at one hall, I think that's a really interesting position to be in, kind Mm -hmm. of like Ashima, our guest later tonight. But specifically, our floor is massive. There are 67 people on my floor. And I have a co-RA, but I think it's a very different experience than in London when you have about 30 people per floor. But so far, it's been a challenge, but a rewarding one.
1: Excellent. Who's our guest this evening?
0: Today, our guest is Ashma Talwar, who served as an RA in Weinstein for Josh Hartman and Brianna Matthews during the 2011 to 2013 academic years. Welcome, Ashma, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you and where are you?
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, Happy New Year. I'm great, I'm currently in Chicago.
1: Excellent, and it is great to hear your voice. One of my favorite RAs of all time. Um, Ashwa, tell us a little bit about your days at Washington Square. Uh, What did you study and uh, what attracted you to NYU?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I am a proud Gallatin alum. My concentration was, um, it took its course over four years, as as many do, um, was the origins of power and privilege, which was kind of an amalgam of politics, public policy, law, leadership, and business. And, and when you really drew me, I mean, number one, because of Gallatin, I think because of the strong advising there and just the interdisciplinary nature of the program, um, having all of NYU's courses open to it was really attractive. And then living in New York, I don't think there's anything better than that.
0: (laughs) Very true. Um, So obviously you were an RA and very busy with your Gallatin concentration, I'm sure. But were you involved with any other extracurricular activities? Yeah, definitely. Extracurriculars, I think, were really what defined
2: my college experience. Um, I was heavily involved in Galton student life pretty much from the get-go, um, but I was treasurer of Gallatin Student Council my sophomore year and then president of the student council both my junior and senior years. Um, and in that capacity, I also sat on the University Committee on Student Life, which was part of the university senate structure at the time. Um, I did a couple of internships, which I had support from the Wasserman Center on and the Gallatin Orientation Leader. And then, of course, I was an RA, which I absolutely love.
1: And so what was the impetus to want to be an RA for you?
2: I think it was, I mean, I really loved my my own FIRE community. Shout out to founders and
1: Tom is the faculty
2: fellow. Um, I looked up to a lot of the RAs on staff there and I really knew even from, I think, prior to, to college that I loved mentoring kind of as a a path to pay it forward. I still do. Um, but it really felt kind of like a natural step to a bit more formal mentoring, but again, without like too much structure.
0: So what was your relationship like with your residents, specifically at Weinstein? Um,
2: I really did have that mentor-mentee relationship with most of them. Um, I think especially because it was a freshman hall, I was a confident confidant for several, several of them um, who were, you know, coming to a city for the first time. Um, and then some of them honestly became friends of mine <laughs> to, to this day. I'm still in touch with a
1: lot of them. And tell me a little bit about the staff at Weinstein. I mean, there's kind of a legend with the desk, the way it's set up, the dining halls there. It's a, it's a, it's a destination for lots of first-year students, uh, passing through the campus.
2: Um, I think, I mean, we had a really tight-knit squad there. Um, most of us, the the ones that, that were there my junior year, we stayed on through senior year. Um, I think it really was like this kind of college community that you don't find in other halls i don't mean to be biased but um people used to come in just like excited to be at at weinstein you know you go to upstein you go to downstein i know it doesn't look the same as it did then but um it was really like a gathering area you could kind of count on people to be there after hours you know you'd be there literally like at chick-fil-a after midnight um and just run into friends um other residents of yours you know, have like end up having like an impromptu floor meeting would be just kind of like a um kind of a gather, like a watering hole gathering place that yeah I really don't think you found other places and I think because we had so many central um locations there the, the that's why the uh staff was so tight because we were just able to gather at any given time in one of
0: those places so being an RA in this very busy, thriving campus center at NYU, New York, what skills do you think you acquired from that and how do you think they translate now to the work you're doing now?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I learned how to be a good colleague, um, how to share in wins, share in losses, how to work through challenges collaboratively. A big one is to when to step up, when to step back. I think that um, still applies a lot. And when to give credit where credit is due. Um, I think that working on a team, um, I think like it's such a, you know, you, you hear that a lot, but this was really like a team-based um, job in a way that a lot of others aren't.
1: Were there surprises that you experienced in the role? I think that it was
2: more work than it looked like and that I anticipated. Um, It was a job where you have to be on all the time. And I know we talk about the fishbowl a lot being RAs. Um, That was certainly true. Um, I think it could be a little thankless um, despite, you know, having people that look up to you and that you're um, like constantly kind of giving advice and guidance. Um, But I think just how rewarding it was at the end of the day um, was also also a nice surprise. Um, I think I expected to love it, but not as much as I did.
0: So overall, throughout your time at NYU, what would you say the best aspect of your experience was?
2: <laughs> um, well, I think definitely meeting my best friends and the love of my life, who I'm married to. Um, but also, I think just being in the city, working, studying, Uh, Living there, I gained a sense of independence and confidence that I don't think I would have at any other school. I think NYU, you grow um, because there's no ceiling, you know, Um, and Gallatin specifically, I would say intellectually. Um, Yeah, so I think it's really it's defined me as
1: a person. So, so you can break the idea and the image that you can fall in love as an NYU student with another NYU <laughs> student. Is that what you're trying to tell us?
2: I absolutely did it. I can be the poster child for that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I am excited to hear that. In terms of the idea of a, 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 you know, a traditional college experience, you didn't get it or, or did you experience that? And, and if so, how? And if not, do you miss the idea of not having the saturday morning football game and the kumbaya that that some people really relish i mean that it sells
2: i honestly know i i think i had the exactly the experience that i that i needed to have um i I think that's also like evidenced by the fact that i ended up going to a city school for grad school as well i went to gw in dc um with the kind of same type of campus feel and I, i i'm not a football person so i really could not care less about that but um, I think I think I still got that kind of like kumbaya college experience within like the, the tight knit Gallatin, um, the building, the student lounge like we and within Weinstein, honestly, like I think I got the, the type of community that I wanted that I was seeking in college.
0: Ashima, it's been great talking to you so far. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into your current role and your experiences working in the field of law and relocating to
1: Chicago. We'll be right back. Hi, RAs. Thanks for listening to Where R.A. Now. My name is Emma Tattenbaum fine and I myself was an RA for two years at Hayden Hall and then at 7th Street. I work now as a writer, comedian, actor, filmmaker, and producer, and I was in the original 2005 cast of the NYU reality show, which is something that I will always be proud of. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram at Emma T-bomb. That's Emma T-B-O-M-B. From there, you can find my website, and please be in touch if you have any questions about life in the arts after college, because I would love to support your transition in any way that I can. Happy listening! Welcome back, Ashma. Uh, you've just heard from uh, her about her experiences while at NYU. Now we're going to go to a little bit about what happened after NYU. So, You graduated, and I remember, if my memory serves right, you actually worked for me in your senior, after your senior year, summer. Yes, um, and I I still can't thank you enough for it. You organized a lot of things for me.
2: (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. Um, My legacy lives on. Um, I had my my senior year, I had been applying to and interviewing at a bunch of, for elected officials, for nonprofits, think tanks, and... Um, I was so nervous about getting a job and I had talked to you about it and, and I had kind of wanted and knew that eventually I wanted to volunteer for a political campaign, but didn't really know how that was going to be feasible. So Tom, ever the mentor stepped in, gave me a chance to work for him while I was volunteering for, uh, Julie Menon for Manhattan borough president, um, that summer. And it was kind of, um, A really happy coincidence, the day after graduation, I happened to hear back from my um, former supervisor at Congressman Van Hollen's office, Chris Van Hollen from Maryland, who I interned for the summer before my senior year. And I got an email from my supervisor offering me a job as a congressional staffer. So it was exactly what I wanted to do. And after my summer with you and with the campaign, I moved back home to the D.C. area.
0: So traditionally, when you go into law or politics, fields like that, People usually major in political science. How do you think your Gallatin degree benefited you?
2: Um,
0: I can't say enough good things about it. Honestly, I think that it was because
2: it was an interdisciplinary degree and the seminars at Gallatin are really structured to reflect that. No course you take is about one topic or one subject matter. In school, I think we're so used to subjects being concrete and then we're going into work thinking like, okay, this is going to apply. But when you're out in the working world, you realize nothing's siloed, um, everything's more and more interconnected. And I think that served me really well, um, knowing that I could take something like my political slash poli-sci, poly- you know, whatever I did, all the different um Courses that I took in in college and applied them to, um, applied them to my job. So I think I was able to market my degree in more than one way because I didn't study like kind of a static major.
1: And you and I had talked about the Gallatin experience, especially as you come to the point of the job search process. And I had a similar conversation with my son who graduated from Gallatin as well, mm-hmm. and how hard it it seems to be that first role. But after that, it's just easy cake for Gallatin alums, I find. Surely, because you've learned how to think. You've learned how to write in a really critical way. So you go down and become a staffer. What happens through that experience and leads you to the next spot?
2: So I, I, I'd always been interested in the law from a more policy angle um, and how the two interact. And I knew that I wanted to go to law school Um I wanted to learn the law to help write the law. That was kind of always my my like framework for going to law school. Um, that changed a little bit once I entered law school because I realized how, how many doors are kind of open to you um, rather than just being put on this set path once you're in law school, which is exciting, Becca, for you because you might think you know what you want to do, but you never know how it will change. It framed my job on the Hill kind of framed that further and kind of confirmed that I wanted to go to law school.
0: I know after I took the LSAT last year, I was like, okay, the next step is choosing a law school. And right now I think I have about 30. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have not narrowed it down at all. Um, Every day it changes. I think I have University of Hawaii on there just because (laughs) Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So how did you choose your law school? How did you narrow it down? So... It started out as being mostly geographic because after
2: NYU, I really knew that I couldn't be anywhere but a big city. Um, so that ruled out a lot of options for me. I did not have University of Hawaii on my list. There's a big city there. Honolulu. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but um, I I made sure to pick likely or safety schools that I would like. Um, and would, you know, get some sort of financial, um, some scholarship from. Um, I chose target schools that kind of matched my credentials, but I wasn't necessarily a shoo-in for and reach schools. But in the end, it kind of came down to something that was out of my hands. I um, was working for Congressman Van Hollen for about two years when I, um, when I was hearing back from law schools, and he announced his intention to run for this U.S. Senate. So I decided this is really not an opportunity that I can give up. Um, and I decided to stay in D.C. I went part-time to GW Law in the evenings for my first year. I continued to work on his official House staff, and then I also helped out on his Senate campaign. Um, So I was, you know, the decision was kind of made for me. The GW program, um, evening program, um, checked all the boxes.
1: So, you know, when we're talking to students who want to go to law school, how was that particular experience working as a staffer helpful for the law school experience? And is there a better path for those who take a gap year? I hear a lot of people do paralegal work and, and other kinds of work. Is there a better way to prepare for law school or is it doesn't really matter?
2: Well, I think, I mean, I if you're interested in doing policy work or working in politics, I don't think that there's a a good substitute for actually doing the work you know but I do think that something that I didn't do which I think would have informed my um, application and would have informed the classes I took during law school a little bit um, was if I had shadowed a lawyer who's working in the field to make sure you actually like the day-to-day lifestyle of that type of lawyer um, it's different for litigators it's different for transactional attorneys even within litigation it differs and so I'm Beck, I'm glad to hear that you're you know, working as a paralegal right now because you actually get to see it up and up close. But um, I didn't do that. Um, and, you know, I have no regrets. And where I am now, I I am in a private firm now, but I did not really know what I was walking into, to be quite honest. Um, but I also think that, as I alluded to earlier, I think it's really important to keep an open mind going into law school. I think that you um don't realize that you're going to have like so many more options you can be an entrepreneur you can be we had a GW who's so like Michael Jordan's agent um you can write or I'm reading a book right now that's by a lawyer um lawyering just happens in so many industries without having to do what we think of as like what a conventional attorney looks like um so yeah I would say those two things shadow a lawyer keep an open mind
0: happy to hear that being a paralegal is pretty useful right now. Uh, Last summer, I was a paralegal in family law and knew immediately that that was not for me. Um, I really enjoy immigration law. It's kind of, um, I don't want to say predictable, but you know how to address issues when they come, whereas family law, the chaos is everywhere. Um, I see that you're a Corporation Council Honors Fellow. I've never heard of that before. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, for sure. So after Law school um, had a job lined up with a firm in D- the
2: D.C. area already, but um, my husband was considering grad school, so we decided to look for opportunities in New York. And the Corporation Council Honors Fellowship, which is a one-year program, um, so usually one fellow that's chosen uh, to work with the executive team at the New York City Law Department, um, and you get to do kind of kind of whatever you want within the law department. Um, you can, but you. Work on litigation. You work on generally like drafting legislation and counseling um, agencies. You counsel city hall and city council, um, and then you have your own portfolio of litigation. And so you really get um, this this kind of like unparalleled access. Your first year, Um, I got to argue a case in court my first year out of law school, which is I never would have expected. I got to work on policy through impact litigation and through, um, legislative drafting. Um, and it was, it was really the dream job for me post-graduation. Um, it's, it's a, but because it's only one year, um, you like got to milk it, you know? So fellowships are uh, a great way to do that, but they are hard to come
1: by. And then after that, you, uh, have moved out of the New York area. What was the impetus for that move and where you're, what you're doing today?
2: Yeah, my husband started grad school at the University of Chicago last fall. Um, So we decided to move out here uh, after he's moved for me many times. And I'm working um, at a private firm right now doing uh, complex commercial litigation.
1: Can you explain what that is for someone who's not a lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
2: So um, it's uh, a bunch of things that kind of fall within this umbrella. Um, It's Corporate law, essentially, but working um, on the litigation end. So essentially, when contracts fall apart, this is when we come in and uh, take one side or the other. I'm working on a lot of antitrust cases, securities fraud cases, um, a bankruptcy case, and a lot of it is new to me, honestly, also. But if you think the easiest way to think of it is when there's a breach of a contract.
1: Gotcha.
0: So it seems like you're working across a bunch of different different specialties. Is there one particularly that you enjoy, that you believe that you do well in? <laughs> well, I am pretty new to this, um, but I'm really liking the antitrust
2: work. I think I still feel like I get to be a good guy, um, but I'm working in the private sector. Um, after, you know, working with people in the public sector and being a public servant for so long, it was a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, but... Um, but I'm really enjoying it, and um, I'm just trying to get all the skills I can while, I'm, um, while people are investing in me.
1: We target the podcast for our undergraduate uh, students here. Tell us a little bit about what you think that an undergraduate student should be doing uh, in their extracurricular time to help prepare for a career in law.
2: Um, I, I really do think that being an RA was a huge boon for me because, um, even some like a roommate mediation <laughs> that I conducted while I was an RA, I like have one very specific one that in mind was kind of an, um, what we call in the legal field, alternative dispute resolution, like an alternative to litigation that you do, like a negotiation or a mediation. Um, when you're talking about settlement conferences with clients and those skills, a lot of those skills that I learned, a lot of like the communication skills, um, um, were really helpful for, to prepare for law school, um, and, and for the field in general. Um, I think you really can't go wrong with just getting involved. I think it's not just being an RA, it's not just being on student council, but something that forces you to have, you know, to juggle multiple things and to have deadlines. Um, anything that, that feeds you, um, I think is, is well, will serve you well.
1: I must ask you about Chicago as a city. Uh, what has that transition been for a D.C., New York person?
2: <laughs> um, I really love it. I think I might have had like kind of lower expectations, but my husband is originally from the Midwest, and um, I know what kind of you know people his friends are. They're just so friendly, they're so warm, and I'm glad to tell you that everyone here is the same way like you're you're smiled at people strike up conversations it's just a very um pleasant place to be um and i hate that the cold is a talking point all the time but it's it's just not that bad it's really not that bad and it's beautiful we have a view of lake michigan it just feels like i'm on vacation all the time that's awesome
0: ashima i have a really important question for you chicago or new york pizza Oh, God. Um, hands down, New York pizza. A deep dish is like is like
2: a lasagna. It's like casserole.
1: <laughs> wow. So um, your time at NYU. Tell us if you stay in contact with any of your ARIA alumni friends. If so, this is your shout-out time. <laughs> um, yes, I definitely do. I
2: see friends pretty regularly. Melina Webb, Justin Silver... Ariella Siegel I saw in L.A. recently, Nina Miller, Connor Sampson, Luke Doyle, um, Brittany Johnson. I think I've seen all of them at least once in the past year.
1: Great team. Great, great group of people as well. It's time now for Speed Round.
0: Speed Round time. All right, Ashima, first question. All-time favorite book? Um,
2: I have to say the Harry Potter series.
0: What do you
1: miss most about living in a residence hall?
2: Um, living amongst friends. Friends a step away. Favorite NYU professor? Karen
1: Hornick. Your favorite RA training experience?
2: (laughs) Um, Behind closed doors, although that was probably my least favorite also.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Best program you did as an RA?
2: I did a tour with Sarah Worm which highlighted the best vintage and thrift shops in the village, and then we had a conversation about consumerism and sustainability afterwards.
1: Oh, that sounds fun. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience?
2: Oh man, Um, probably doing like snaps and roses, buds, and thorns every week at our weekly meetings. Um, Just having like a place to, to praise each other and to like reflect on a
0: weekly basis it was like therapy (laughs) that's great team meetings at Lafayette are one of my favorite moments of the week as well Ashima well thank you so much for spending time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you as always thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums
1: who are living the dream school alumni version of life Ashma, you haven't changed a bit. You're still a wonderful human being, and I said that to Becca before. Uh, You know, your value set, you live by, and you give more than you ever receive, and I really appreciate that value set that you have.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Tom. And I feel the same about you. And I thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Absolutely.
1: Special thanks and welcome to our engineer, Alejandra Aravala, our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang, and to the current professional staff and the alum like Josh Hartman and our current, Brianna, and all of those NYU BLT who assisted these great RAs and skill acquisition along the way. If you like today's show, look for more content on the NYU RA alumni website at where-ra-now.webflow.io, which lists RA favorite books, pics of all-time favorite RA memories, and much, much more. Until next time, remember to thank others for how they have impacted your life along your journey. We need more praise and thanks in this world each and every day. Have a great night.